0: Hello, you're listening to the Sound Approach podcast channel. Interviews and conversations with a focus on birds and conservation issues. At the end of October 2016, Dr Mark Avery, a former conservation director of the RSPB, was in Parliament to debate a petition he wrote and fought for to ban driven grouse shooting, which, as most respected conservationists acknowledge, has led to widespread raptor persecution and the near extinction of the hen harrier as a breeding bird in England. Debates in Parliament are triggered when a petition lodged on the government's website reaches 100,000 signatures. A target reached and clearly surpassed at Mark's third attempt. Those of us who watched the debate, either at the Commons or online, were not expecting too much, given how the parliamentary evidence-gathering session a few weeks before had gone where Mark and Geoff Knott, the RSPB head of nature policy, had come up against a belligerent and seemingly dismissive committee of MPs who were almost wholly supportive of the grouse shooting industry. As expected, the proceedings were, unfortunately, less of a debate than a reassurance to grouse shooters that, as far as these particular MPs were concerned anyway, nothing was going to change. My name is Charlie Moores and I met up with Mark in November when we chatted about what had been a very long and I suggested bruising campaign. I wondered what would come next. But first, though, I asked Mark what, given his recent experiences, was his current opinion of parliamentary democracy.
1: I think it's quite impressive that there is a
0: system where you can Set set up
1: a petition and if you get enough people to support that petition, which is quite difficult, yeah. but quite fun, you can get a debate in Parliament. I think that's a jolly good thing. And we ought to make use of it. And I'm really obviously I'm really glad that on the third attempt, the band-driven grey shooting petition whizzed past a hundred thousand signatures, and we got that debate. Uh so we brought this subject into Parliament, brought it more to the attention of MPs and decision makers. Now, I'm sure I never said and never expected that the day after the debate, government was going to ban driven no, you never said that. And sure as hell, they haven't. And the debate wasn't exactly what I would have hoped for, but it was kind of pretty close to what I expected after we got to 100,000, because there were a lot of pro-shooting conservative MPs who turned out in big numbers to support their friends, their sport, their hobby. They can do that. I think it's a little bit interesting that some of them came from constituencies where hundreds of people had signed the petition and none of them even mentioned that fact. In fact, it was quite interesting, wasn't it, that Craig Whittaker, who's the MP for the Calder Valley, who's, uh was the constituency that had over 800 signatures, yeah. um, apparently, having nipped up the road to see the Road, now He's now an expert on the um, biology and physics and uh, flooding. And he can tell his constituents there's nothing to worry about the next time their businesses and homes are flooded. So, interesting. People have put their views on the record. I suppose the disappointing thing is not that the supporters of driven grouse shooting turned out in big numbers. It was that those people who uh, either want to ban or want some change from the status quo were pretty thin on the ground. Yeah. And, from um,
0: inside Parliament, you mean yeah, it, in terms that's of right. MPs? Yeah.
1: So, um, luckily, there were several very good women who looked more sensible and talked more sense than a lot of Tory men on the other <laughs> side, in my opinion. So, Rachel Maskell did a pretty good job.
0: The Labour environment Labour shadow, shadow.
1: EFRA person. Uh, Kerry McCarthy, the previous shadow EFRA person, yeah, which is a shame. She, she was, was very good. good. Yeah. Uh, she's always been a strong supporter of this. She came to the uh, Hen Harrier Day she event did. at Rain and Marshes. Yeah. I thought she was quite impressive, actually. Angela Smith, who comes from a peak district constituency, Pennistone and Stocksbridge, um, she was pretty good. She knows her stuff. A little bit conciliatory, I would say, looking for the middle ground. Um, but she made a lot of good points, and there were some others as well. So they were good. It would have been nice to see some more. It would have been nice to see more SNP MPs talking about whether vicarious liability is working in scotland and the scottish situation Uh, it was a shame that there were no liberal democrats caroline lucas did come in and made some interventions and uh, i'd known for two or three weeks that she had a prior engagement which was important that meant that she was unlikely even to be able to turn up. So I was very pleased to see her and pleased to see her making some points. But no, we looked a bit thin on that side. I'd have loved to have jumped up
0: and made a few points (laughs) myself, but you can't do that. Do you know why it was a bit thin? Have you spoken to anybody since?
1: Well, I think partly, I mean, the petition was for a ban on grouse shooting. And there aren't many people who are uh, in the frame of mind that they want this whole thing banned, apart from, apparently, 123,077 of us, which is a good start. Uh, But I thought we were giving people the opportunity to talk about what was wrong with grouse shooting and a variety of ways that it could be changed. And it's a shame that more people didn't say that. I think it was also a shame I don't think there was a single Conservative MP who really made a strong point on wildlife crime because for the government and for the Conservative Party, which would regard itself as the party of law and order, for the level of wildlife crime against birds of prey, but also other protected mammals and things, the amount of illegal killing on grouse moors is huge is well documented is supported by the science and is unacceptable and i would have thought there'd be somebody some conservative who would have stood up and said well i obviously i'm not in favor of a ban but this is an industry that hasn't cleaned up its act where there is far too much wildlife crime and even i can see as a supporter of grouse shooting, that if the killing doesn't stop or at least diminish hugely this industry is going to be facing stronger calls for banning as time goes on. And my prediction would be we will, f- we will hear of and see more cases of satellite tagged birds of prey yeah. dying, being found dead, shot on or near grouse moors. And the government didn't address that problem at all, I would say.
0: Which is odd because it would have actually given them a way out. Because if they'd said, we will address wildlife crime, this will no longer be a problem, therefore we can carry on with ground shooting, for them it would have been an an easy way to change things around.
1: Well, the easiest thing for them to do would have been to say, we will commit to having a serious look at vicarious liability, because that wouldn't have committed them to actually do it.
0: So for those that don't know vicarious liability, just a quick explanation of that.
1: Uh, So it, it... already exists in Scotland for wildlife crime. It's quite a common thing in the law that if somebody who works for a company does something wrong, say a health and safety infringement, not only will they end up in court if they driving dangerously or something like that, but there is a possibility that the boss of that organization will also end up in court having to prove that they had the right training and advice and the whole system in place to ensure that their staff didn't break the law. So clearly, if you're running a, a grouse mall, um, we know that gamekeepers are is the so called profession that is most likely to be successfully prosecuted for wildlife crimes against birds of prey? Well, all those gamekeepers work for somebody. Right. And they sometimes work for dukes and earls and millionaires who might feel a bit uncomfortable turning up in court having to explain themselves for why their gamekeeper was prosecuted. So. It acts as a deterrent,
0: but attempts to bring vicarious liability into English law have failed. Yeah, on um, every occasion yeah, so far. Yeah, a
1: previous Dafra minister, Richard Bennion, wasn't terribly keen on the idea. Strange, big landowner. Big landowner owns a grouse moor in Scotland, but I'm sure that had nothing to do with it at all. Yeah, um, saying that they would look at that would have been something that you know would have slightly release some pressure. Yeah. Whereas I think, I mean, I, we're talking about 5 days after the actual debate happened and I've given a couple of talks in different parts of the country since then and I uh, this is not a random sample of people but sure. the people I've spoken to I've been amazed actually they've all Read the transcripts. Yeah. Or, you were talking
0: to interested parties, yeah, yeah. basically bird watchers, birding
1: groups—one in North Wales and one in Essex. But yeah. but these people who've got busy lives were furious at how the <laughs> debate went, and um, you know they're livid. Uh, this hasn't kept. This hasn't released the pressure. No. This is, well, this is, uh, why this is asked like you, a pressure cooker. This is why I asked you
0: right at the beginning what you thought of parliamentary democracy because going by the reaction on social media and what you've just explained there, a lot of people have seen parliamentary democracy, in quotations, in action, and they are not very impressed by it at all.
1: Well, I think you have to, to recognise that we used a process to get something discussed. Right. And that, you know... That is a good thing. Yeah. And uh, I think what went wrong a bit from our side was that we didn't get enough MPs out to argue the case, but the ones who were there argued the case well. Uh, And the thing that went wrong from the government side was that they didn't handle what you could call their victory, but, you know, nothing was going to change anyway on Monday Mm. evening, whatever happened. Um, They didn't give that little bit of ground that would have diffused the situation for a
0: while. It didn't look so, gracious from their side.
1: Well, there was no way it could have looked gracious because it was rude and ungracious. So. So, that's what I mean. <laughs> that's right. That's what yeah. I mean.
0: Yeah. And from a democratic point of view, it looked like they wheeled out a lot of heavyweights to suppress any chance of democracy being put in place. Was that too strong a, a, a way of looking at it?
1: I think it is slightly, because although 123,077 23,077 of us is a big number, it's a tiny there must be 65 percentage. million yeah, or yeah. plus who haven't signed the petition. Although, you'd have to say, there is a, this rival petition about protecting grouse moors, which seems... Uh, that it's floundering in the shallows of 24,000 signatures and it ought to be well past 40,000 there if it's going to get to it. imagine
0: a, they think they've won. They probably don't need well to have, but carry um, on signing um, it. If
1: I were them, I'd try and get that number up because it is a measure of public support. We've got 123,000. How many are they going to have?
0: It was pointed out quite fairly, actually. This was the third attempt on, on yeah. your side. And yeah. Liam Stokes of the Countryside Alliance, on the first part of the debate, the the, the evidence-gathering side, did say, well, your first petition didn't get beyond that either. Do you think there's any validity in that?
1: Uh, There is so rarely any validity in what the Countryside Alliance (laughs) says that certainly wouldn't say that this was a strong candidate. Uh, First of all, they've tried pretty hard to get, signatures because it's been mentioned in lots of shooting magazines and if it's yeah. so darn important for them all they all ought to get signed which is
0: oddly was something they threw at you saying you really heavily promoted this you put it everywhere that's how you got your yeah, hundred and twenty three thousand. a
1: compliment that i actually put some effort in <laughs> yes it. but you have to look at it this way if we didn't have a petition that had got 123,000 signatures, nobody would have signed one saying protect grouse moors because they wouldn't have thought there was any point at all. Mm -hmm. We have have publicised the issue and they can't mobilise their supporters, even though they keep telling us that the rural community is fully behind driven grouse shooting, they're all making money from it, it's so traditional, it's a great thing. Well. They've only got 24,000 so far. They're lagging behind. They're floundering. They're not showing that there is public support. No. So that's a bit of a victory for us at the moment. Probably shouldn't put this out until <laughs> it's too late for them to get
0: more. But uh, Listen, if they can put it out in shooting magazines <laughs> and not get any support, I don't think this is going to make any big difference. You're right. There were quite personal attacks made on you and you were called a liar in Mm. in parliament which if it had been said outside parliament without parliamentary privilege you you could actually take to court yeah were you expecting that or again i was expecting this i was expecting something about the democratic process and the fact that you were savaged uh no you can't be savaged by people for whom you
1: have little respect (laughs) I think you're referring to Charles Walker MP, MP for Broxbourne, who I think called me a liar. He will be hearing from me uh, because he was wrong, actually. I was sitting there thinking, well, he sounds very sure about that quote that he says that I said. Um, He was wrong. So he will be hearing from me but you know if he came out and said it outside the parliament I haven't got the time or the money or the inclination to sue him but I will be telling him that he uh, was wrong and I won't call him a liar because he may have been wrong by mistake or right. he may have been wrong deliberately but because he was wrong I shall be asking him to
0: correct what he said. It wasn't said as a passing comment it was the equivalent of verbally putting the boot in yeah, well, there you go. Should MPs be doing this when responding to a process that they themselves put in place, the, the, the petition?
1: It looks a bit off, really, doesn't it? It doesn't but, look good. Um, uh, so, is that a polite thing to do? No. Does it look like a good thing to do to, uh, to as you say, a whole process that has been established by Parliament yeah. and then you have parliamentarians being rude about it? No, that didn't look very good either. But I would just take that as pretty strong evidence that grey shooters are quite rattled by how far we've got.
0: Yeah, we have got. I can say we. <laughs> I obviously support this. I've supported your petitions. You I support have. you totally, completely, and utterly. And uh, they are rattled, but there's a sense of victory around them at the moment, as you said. Our side are not going to stop, are they? But do you feel a little bit bruised at the moment? Do you need a bit of time off to to think about the next move?
1: Um, I need a little bit of time off to think of the next move because it's not all that obvious what the next move is. Uh do I do I need time off because I'm bruised? No. <laughs> you could you can see me. I look quite chirpy, I'd have thought.
0: You do look very chirpy. I um, you look totally (laughs) unremarkably unbruised, exactly like you've looked over the last few years. Uh, I think that um, getting
1: it as far as we did was a great success. And sometimes I didn't think we would get it that far.
0: We've said this before, but it was at Hen Harrier Day at at, uh, the Rainham event in early August, wasn't it? When it suddenly looked like things were ticking along in our favour and picking up. Yeah. that was an an interesting day it felt really good yeah it
1: it was fantastic it was fantastic and um on the morning of the 13th when it went over a hundred thousand that was just fantastic just fantastic we've done well we've done well we've done better than i thought we might do the issues are out there uh you can't go back those things uh are out there, the criticisms are out there, more and more people know about them. Uh, the fact that the pro driven grass shooting lobby behaved rudely and without due respect to the public, to the, the democratic process.
0: process. This is kind of where I wanted to began the conversation, yeah. Is a mistake
1: good. on their part. Yeah. Because they don't look good. No. And if you're a load of people going around with guns, killing birds for fun, then you need to look good some of the time, and they didn't look good.
0: No, they're not very good at managing image. But it's Maybe because they
1: think they don't have to. That was going to be
0: my point. Maybe they just feel they don't, they don't need to. Who yeah. cares? Who cares what the rest of us think?
1: Well, that w- could easily be the impression that one would get from it that behavior. Be and impression. that doesn't look too good either. No. So, I don't think they played it very well. No. They should have been more accepting of the fact that there were things that ought to change.
0: Particularly the wildlife crime angle, as you said. I they? think so, Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but they can't have that time back. What right. they said is on right. the public record forever, and they will look foolish forever for saying it. I think. That's
0: my view on it, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to dispute you on that. <laughs> Things were brought up um, that you've suggested um, recently in the last couple of days that the Environmental Audit Committee might like to look at. Can you just quickly expand on that?
1: Well, in the evidence session and in the debate, there were all sorts of things that were discussed and argued about or ignored. Uh, Things like flood risk, and water treatment costs and greenhouse gas emissions which are quite big issues and there weren't really experts talking about those and there are experts and Mm. the economics well DEFRA is still trotting out the flawed and I would say discredited economic analysis
0: of shooting that The shooting
1: industry did
0: so which tries to explain how much shooting is worth to the economy overall. Yeah,
1: absolutely So I would have thought that this looks like a big enough issue with some meaty enough subjects that the environmental audit committee or some other committee could look at it and then they would have the ability to ask Natural England to come and give evidence about their Hen Harrier by their absence. Yeah, completely absent. Uh, their satellite tagging data, uh, they could invite the experts from Leeds University who did the Ember study that yeah. was discussed and mentioned a lot, actually to ask them what they think is
0: the truth. Which was about flooding in in essence, yeah. that was the important part of that. St- water quality, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. But probably most importantly of all, they could ask uh, a DEFRA minister to come and answer questions on the subject. So we have got nowhere at all in um, uh, moving DEFRA's position on resources to tackle wildlife crime, what the actual economic costs and benefits overall of drought dra- dra- shooting are parliamentary committee could get to the bottom of those issues Mm. and um, that would be good if that happened
0: that would be very good yes it would it would that sounds when i asked you about what the next move might be trying to get something like that advanced might be the next probably the best move that we could take
1: i think it would but i think that is something that we need the NGOs like the RSPB and the Wildlife Trusts who have played a rather small part in this. National uh, Trust. The National Trust who didn't submit written evidence, but what their, their own plans for their land in the Peak District sound mm-hmm. quite like a version of uh, rewilding, light, and moving away from intensive-driven
0: grouse shooting. Yeah, so it's quite encouraging, actually, what they've been saying. Yeah, They, they deserve so. to be um, noted for that. I think.
1: Yeah. you know, those organisations and Greenpeace and Friends of the Earth are showing more interest in yeah. the of public money going to Very land. Very good donors. reports from Friends of the Earth. Yeah. yeah, so you know, that bunch of NGOs could um, could probably persuade. A parliamentary committee in time to look at this issue in more detail yeah. and I think that would be that could be very important but there are a few other things that we could do There are a few of us chatting about the way forward but I mean to be honest um, I wonder what my role would be in the future because you know one bloke and a blog can keep banging on them publicizing petition and getting people to sign it some of this is going to now move into intensive lobbying of civil servants and mps and yeah. uh, you need some bigger players, more numerous players Yeah, to do but
0: that. every movement needs a figurehead and you are the figurehead oh, are whether you like figurehead. it or not. Lots of but figureheads. You There's this.
1: that nice Chris Packham. He's a figurehead. Yes. He's a very feisty character. He's certainly not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. But yeah. It's a question of what roles we all play. Yeah. And it would be nice to see some of the NGOs stepping yeah. up to the plate for the next bit because we have kind of created the space for them to move into.
0: Yes, it. Ha- you have. <laughs> we have, yeah. Okay. <laughs> as a final quick thought, on the strategy to ban driven grouse shooting, is it better to come as it from sort of from the side, from other tangents like flooding, like wildlife crime, lead, burning, rather than trying to appeal to people on an on an ethical stance saying, we just think this is wrong, it should be banned because we don't think people should shoot grouse?
1: Uh, I think on almost any political or social issue, you need to build a coalition of views. And so I have no idea what the breakdown of people (laughs) would look like who signed the petition. Um, But they are a, a hell of a mixture. So there are some people who just think, all shooting ought to be banned. So if they see a petition for banning one type of shooting, they'll sign it. Although there are some people who, because they think all shooting ought to be banned, won't sign a petition that's only asking for one type of shooting to be banned. So you win some and you lose some. There are a load of kind of environmentalists who who are more attracted by the... Greenhouse gas emission issue and the flood issue than they are about a bunch of very attractive birds of prey and there are some of us who at least got into this issue because uh, we love
0: hen harriers and And we don't think
1: yeah and we don't think people should kill them particularly illegally kill them so I I've been very confidently told by lots of different people that the focus ought to be one thing. And I've always thought, no, we've got to make this sufficiently broad that we get lots of support. And I think that's probably true, taking it forward as well. I think
0: so. I I tend to agree with you, even though ethically I'm opposed to it, just straightforward on ethics grounds. But I don't think that can appeal to enough people, unfortunately. And you do need a coalition. You need a, opinions in the round, as it were, don't you? We? So you're not bruised, a little bit weary perhaps, a little bit time to sit back and reflect, but uh, the movement carries on.
1: Well, I'm not, I'm not bruised. I'm quite happy and rather pleased with where we've got to. You should no. be. I'm not weary, but there are quite a lot of things I haven't done over the last few months that I ought to have done that I need to take a little bit of time to... Um, send some invoices to some people and answer some emails. and um, Promote your latest, latest book, Mark. You haven't had a
0: chance to promote the latest one at yeah, all. Well, I, ought to,
1: um, I ought to start writing some more books too. <laughs> so um, I may need to take a bit of time to, yeah. to um, do, do all the things that I ought to have been doing and have been neglecting. Um, and there is time to think about yeah. where the next, what the next move should be. And we're thinking about that different people keep talking about that
0: we do sometimes forget we need to think about things we're in such a rush to get it done today we do need to think yeah in fact we all need to think in life we don't get a chance to think sometimes (laughs) every time i interview you i say thank you for everything you've done and you say don't bother so i'm not going to say thank you again it's just thank you for sitting down with me now thank you thank you dr mark avery one of the uk's most inspiring conservationists whether he admits it or not and in fact, shortly before this podcast was uploaded, he was voted 2016 Birdwatch magazine's Conservation Hero of the Year, topping a reader's poll for his campaigning work. Mark's seemingly continually updated blog is a fantastic source of information and intelligent debate on the ground shooting issue as well as many other current conservation problems. And it can be found at his website, markavery.info. And his book, Inglorious Conflict in the Uplands, which looks at the history of grouse shooting and its impact on birds and the environment, was described in a Guardian review as a powerful indictment of the grouse shooting industry and its illegal shooting and propaganda war against the hen harrier. You've been listening to a Sound Approach podcast, one of a growing collection of interviews and conversations with a focus on birds and conservation issues. If you'd like to learn more about The Sound Approach, the award-winning publisher that aspires to popularise birdsong and turn a world of birdwatchers into bird listeners, please go to soundapproach.co.uk.